Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering professional paddle, presented by Hugo and Gons. Uh, Hugo, how are you doing? How was your week? All very well, thanks, Gons. How are you? Yeah, very well. And very much looking forward to discussing this episode. Uh, we're, we're in episode three now. Um, and I guess we, we have to start with Alicante, which is, uh, just happened. Um, we're recording this on a Sunday. And uh, the final was today. Um, and we saw some very, very good paddle over the week. Uh, what was your first, let me get your high-level views before going deeply into it. Yeah, well, to be honest, I was really impressed by the level. Um, and also, I really enjoyed the fact that there were a lot of upsets. I think, um, well, we were both quite right in saying that the top seed in Campagnolo and Sanchez weren't going to go with it very far, and they didn't. To be fair, they did end up losing to the winners. So I guess that's kind of fair enough, if you know what I mean. But yeah, really impressed by, obviously, you know, the winning pair in Alonso and Esbri, although I had heard and, well, heard very good things from them, well, about them from other players in interviews, uh, particularly about Esbri, young player, playing on the backhand side of the court, very, very good. But also just impressed by, by a lot of the pairings that have gone far. Um, and uh, yeah, what are your thoughts, Gons? Yeah, it was a great, it was a great tournament because I always like to see these type of tournaments to see how the other pairs uh, dwell. I think in the main tournaments, you know, everyone is so focused on the top seeds and, and, and watching them play. So I think this is always a great opportunity for other, you know, pairs that are lower in the rankings to really showcase like how good they are and, you know, that they can essentially get a good tournament to then maybe propel the rest of their season onwards. And I think, obviously, uh, Edu, Alonso and, and Juan Lo, as you just mentioned, definitely did that. Uh, other, other pairs potentially took a step back, uh, let's say. I think, yep. um, to be fair, Sanchez and Campagnolo, I don't think they've had the best season yet. I think they've had a rough start. Um, this was definitely Very a tournament. Agree. Yeah, this was definitely a tournament for them to, to really, you know, kickstart their season. But I think even other pairs there could like be potential question marks, you know, that, that are always lingering in that sort of like out, just outside the top 10. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, for example, Garrido and, and John Sant, which I had massive hopes on. Um, yep. And then other pairs such as, you know, even to an extent, even I would say uh, Arroyo and uh, Lucho Capra as well. Yep. Um, I as didn't well. think their feeling was very good. Juan Lo, uh, Edu Alonso and Juan Lee absolutely, I think, <laughs> picked them apart in, in, in the semi-final. Um, yeah, they put them to bed. <laughs> exactly. So it'll be it's an interesting one. Um, and we'll see obviously how that how it will affect uh the rest of the season for these Spurs going forward. I did one thing that I did like, um, as opposed to last week, for example, was the court. I don't know if you noticed, but it was slightly faster. Um yep. But it wasn't. It wasn't too fast. Um, it was no, it was a good, like... good um, in between, wasn't it? It was good in between, and I think um, that gives all sorts of players a good chance of of succeeding. I think um, going a bit deeper into kind of the pairs that uh, that were a bit of a well that I expected more from Chisco, Gil, and Ramiro Moyano for sure. 
I think, well, you did as well. I had them making the final. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Well, I put them in the semi-finals, so to be fair, pretty similar. And the thing with them is that I thought they're they're a pair that's very consistent and they've caused big upsets. They've beaten Dabian and, well, they beat Dabian Sanyo last year and Dabian traditionally struggled playing against them. Um, They've also beaten Lebron and Galan. And yeah, they're just a very consistent pair. So I was a bit a bit let down by them, to be honest. Um, and well, I mean, for sure, as you said, Maxi Sanchez and Campagnolo have had a, a very bad start to the season. Again, two very consistent players that you know make very little, many, very few mistakes. And I just, yeah, I've got to be honest. I was expecting more from them. And to be this, this leads to to one of my main questions that I want to ask you in who do you think was the biggest upset uh would you are you asking me in terms of the match or would you say as a pair well as a pair i'd say as, as a, pair. a pair so i think as a pair uh well for me for sure the two that i had making the final which in the end they didn't uh <laughs> they, they it have to, it, it would have to be on one hand uh, ramiro moyano and cisco gil and on the other hand, um, it would have to be Garrido and, and John Sant. I think the problem, for example, so what I saw in, in Sant and Garrido, which I really thought why essentially they were going to win the tournament in my eyes, is that they just have like a very high ceiling. They're both, the problem is, is that they're both very emotional. Um, very emotional. So if they enter you know, a match with the right attitude and in the first few games, you know, they're aggressive and they're in the game and they're concentrated, then they have an incredible ceiling. Um, they're both very aggressive players. Um, Garrido is, you know, I would say arguably one of the best backhand play, like players on the on the backhand. He he can really like take control of a game and, and completely dominate it. Um, but I think for when they played against uh, and against Gonzalo and and Javi Ruiz, they were just not in the game at all. Like they were completely gone. And like I said, because they're very emotional, if they're not in it, then it's just a sort of it just spirals really really badly, and they get into a vicious cycle in a way like Paquito does, right? We've seen it with yep. him before yep. as well, where it's like if if he gets in a bad emotional state, it's just going to go from bad to worse. So. That's that's I guess my hope was that they would have been in in the right mindset, um, and in that case they weren't. But obviously, you know, I had very high hopes for them, and then they didn't, they didn't, it didn't go through. Um, so I guess that would be my my biggest disappoint, uh, disappointment. Uh, what about you, Hugo? Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with them. I'd I'd start. I think two pairs for me. Obviously, number one, Maxi Sanchez and Campagnolo. I think being number one seeded, you're expected to, at the very least, make the semi-finals. I'd say, and they did play a very good game against a good pair in Ivancho and Cardona. They beat them six three six one, if I'm not mistaken. So solid win there, and they did lose to the winners. However, I just feel that yeah, that they're, they're not they, they should have performed. You know, it, if you're the number one pair, you've got to make at least the semi-finals, and I was expecting more from them, and. I have to agree, John Sanz and uh, Javi Garrido would be the other pair for me because they played such a good match against Coelho and Tapia in the previous tournament. They were so motivated, playing really well, particularly Garrido. 
and I, yeah, I, I was just, I didn't think they were, well, they could have won. I didn't put them as down as the winners myself, but I really did think that they were going to go far. And I was nervous when I saw that you'd pick them as the winners because I thought you could actually win this <laughs> um, in our own paddle pod race. I just think going back to what you were saying emotionally, I think John Sand for sure is a very emotional player. We saw it when he played with Lamberti. And I think that's why that partnership worked well when they were playing really well. But it was it was kind of doomed in a way because I think in a pair, having two emotional players is quite tough. I think pairs benefit from having a player that's more calm and a player that's more emotional. And then you get the best of both worlds, if you know what I mean. I think, for example, in Lebron and Galan, I think Galan is generally a more calm player. Whereas Lebron is is very passionate. Uh, Paquito, when he's played with other pairs, traditionally he's the one that's emotional. And even Tapia and Goya right now, I think Tapia is being the one that's being really kind of emotional and and um, well, he he shows it whilst he plays. And Goya is kind of more calm, and I think that's what works. And well, I think in Garrido's uh, case, I think it's a bit worrying in a way because he was when he was growing up in the kind of the junior rankings, he was picked to be one of the big stars, you know, that everyone thought he was going to be amongst the top five, six players in the world. And he's got such a good smash. He's so attacking, so aggressive, fits this kind of modern way of playing paddle, if that makes sense. And I don't think he's really hitting, well, his targets and what people were expecting from him. So, yeah, I mean, obviously he's an unbelievable player. He's amongst the top, 15 pairs for sure but I did expect more from him so that would be kind of my my feeling I agree I think Garrido should be definitely aiming to to be in that top 10 you know fringe top 10 uh, pair certainly when he was with Chingoto they had that opportunity but I think that even by you know himself and and a more than capable right-sided player like John Sant I think they can definitely be in that conversation I don't see, for example, why they shouldn't be able to go face-to-face with someone like Coquinieto or Pablo Lima, for example. Exactly. And I would actually, if I had to bet my house, if that makes any sense, on a, on a match between Pablo Lima and Coquinieto uh, against Garrido and Santa, I would always bet on Pablo Lima and Coquinieto just because I just think they're more reliable and yeah. more consistent. And I really think that... Garrido and Sanf, that's one of their big points. I think their ceiling's really high, as you've said, but I think they've got to really work kind of on their consistency and keeping positive when things don't go well from the start. Exactly. I completely agree with that, with that analysis. Now, moving on to, to the other side, I guess. Uh, who yep. impressed you the most? And uh, I have a feeling I know who you're going to say. <laughs> yes. I mean, i got to be honest, it's a pretty easy shout obviously the winners of the tournament um Edu Alonso and Juan Luis uh, Esberi to be fair um I did actually mention them uh, as I as I said before in in my previous well when we spoke about all the pairs and the Alicante Open last week again Esberi heard a lot of good things about him he's a very electric player very fast around the court good defensively got a really good smash even though he's not very tall and, and then Edu Alonso is just the classic, you know, forehand drive, right-hand side of the court player, if you know what I mean. Just very consistent, 
very, very few mistakes. Actually quite powerful as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I quite just think... a, Quite aggressive for a right-sided player. I feel like... Agreed. I feel like it's a sort of a new type of, you know, you were talking about, you know, the, the like the modern player on the, on the left side. And I feel like this is like the up and coming modern player on the right side, you know, also yep. having that point of aggressiveness. For sure. For sure. I think, yeah, we're seeing it with Vineno, for example, who's really kind of improved his aerial play, trying to smash as much as, well, when, when it's the right opportunity, he smashes as much as he can. Um, and I think, yeah, it is that kind of modern modern forehand player. And I think it's, well, it's clearly paying off. I think particularly with these courts that in general are quite fast. You know, pairs need need uh, both players to be able to win points. It can't They can't just rely on the backhand player to, to win the points. And I think, well, obviously Lebron and Galana have demonstrated it. And that's why they've gone so far. Tabian Coelho have shown that. Um, well, Paquito and Lebron. And they were back, you know, together back in the back in the day. I think you know both both players are attacking in those pairs, and I think that's that's clearly paid off. So, yeah, I was really impressed by by Juan Luan Elu, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure your your shout's going to be the same, isn't it? <laughs> Correct. Uh, I don't think there is. A, I I wouldn't allow to have a, another shout other than Edu, Edu Alonso and, and and Juan Lu. This is as well. It's interesting because this was their first W, well, World Paddle Tour final. And, you know, I think in the first set, they, you know, they committed a lot of unforced errors. And, you know, I think they basically had all the nerves of playing in a final. They were also playing at home. They're both from that region of Spain. So they definitely felt like I'm sure they were quite nervous going into the game and at the beginning of the game. But then after that, they completely took over. And just shows like how strong they are mentally as well. This wasn't as well like the only three three set match that they've played uh, throughout <laughs> this tournament. I think basically all the matches except you know a handful of them uh, or maybe two of them won only two sets. But you know credit credit to them because like they've played an unbelievable tournament. As you said, they've always felt like a bit of a dangerous and underrated pair. And I think they're you know they're reaping the rewards now. They're showing that. Um, and indeed, yeah, and it, also, they they actually knocked out the number one seeded pair and the number three seeded pair in Lucho and Arroyo, I, who I, I was, thought were actually going to win the tournament. So yeah, I, I was just about to say that. I mean, their path throughout the tournament has been incredible. They've also the the first round was against Ramiro and uh, and Gil, so six sixth seed, first seed, and third seed. Um, they've knocked yeah, out unbelievable. Well, I, and then in the final, you know, Thalo and and Montalo and, and Javi Ruiz, who are, uh, you know, they're number thirteen in the race. Uh, so yeah, like and an incredibly a, consistent pair. Exactly, that's what I was about to say. Really consistent pair. I've actually well been impressed with their tournament, but at the same time, it was a pair that I really wanted to put in the semi-finals when we made our bets, and I just decided against it at the last minute. But yeah, they're just very solid. Make few mistakes. Very experienced because you know, Thalo Rubio has been around for a long time, Javi Ruiz as well. And um, yeah, I think Juan Luan and Edu have to be very, very happy with with their, with their performance. And, and I mean, the future is looking really bright for them. They're two very young players. They've bet on staying with each other and playing together, even when there's been a lot of kind of pair changes, as we know. So 
yeah, really, really exciting. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how they fare in, well, for, straight in next week's uh, tournament up in Biro. Correct. I think this goes nicely uh, to, to our next topic, because I think we were both wanting to discuss how the season has been for Libak and Osburger um, right after they, they split. One, arguably, if not the most talented up-and-coming paddle players, one of the most uh, talented up-and-coming players. And I think talking now about Juan Lu and, and Edu staying together um, and how that's gone for them and seeing what has happened with Libak and Osburger after they've split, this, you know, it leads essentially to the question, should a young and up-and-coming paddle player with a lot of talent you know, should they stick together? Should they go out and look for experience? Should they split? Do you think Livak and Osburger did the right choice in, in splitting? It's a very good question. And obviously, it's easy to answer in hindsight. I mean, immediately, your immediate reaction or one's immediate reaction would be no, they made a mistake. They were playing really well. They made the final um, when they lost to Tabian Coelho. And yeah, I mean, they beat... Paquito and Tello, they were playing some unbelievable paddle, really, really aggressive and, you know, knocking out some really, really, you know, some of the heavy heavyweights. So, you know, immediately you would think, no, they made a mistake. Particularly, I think Libak has been more disappointing than Ausburger. I really thought his partnership with Lamberti could work. Experience and youth. Lamberti having, you know, won quite a few matches in recent times and, and playing some good paddle and he's had success with some of his well some of the previous partnerships i think theirs really isn't working and as he's been unlucky he he obviously got injured this tournament and i think he had a, um his partner in uh javi rico it got injured in one of the previous ones so they've been a bit more you know, a bit more unlucky if that makes sense but i i have been very unimpressed but I did want to discuss the other side of the story and I think even though results haven't been going their way I think the big reason why they split is because they want to learn from experienced players and I think for example Libak chose to play with Lamberti because he's going to show him so many things that you can only really learn from a player when you're with him day in day out and I think Auswurga is probably looking for the same thing I know Javi Rico isn't as experienced as Lamberti, but I think he will learn a lot from him. And I think that's another side of the story. And I think even though their performances haven't been going that well up until now, they will have learned a lot. And, you know, who knows, maybe in the future, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll team up again. But yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are, Gons. Yeah, I think... I guess the question is, could they have tried at least a year and then gone through the experience route, which in my view, when I first heard that they were splitting, I think I was inclined to think that it wasn't it wasn't the right move. I completely understand the why they did it, and I agree with it. At some point, they're so young, they obviously do have to go and play with experienced players. I think that's essentially the path that a lot of top players have taken in their past, you know, Stupa with Lima, Tapia as well has played with basically old, older players, experience like Sanjo. All the legends. Exactly. He has gone through all of them. Arturo Coelho most recently as well with, with Bella. Um, but I think, and at some point they should have definitely, they, they should, 
you know, go through that through that stage. But I think, you know, having playing for for one year, I don't see why it could have like harmed their development. And it would have been definitely very exciting to watch. Uh, maybe yeah, that, for that sure. fan side of me speaking right now. Uh, but I think, <laughs> <I'm sure it laughs> uh, <is. laughs> but yeah, I would have loved to just see them together for, for one year and, and try close out the season. And then obviously each go through, through their own um, stages as they should. And then, as you mentioned, they'll definitely, I'm sure, reconnect at some point in the future. But um, I completely, yeah. I, I completely agree. Uh, I think, well, as I said, they clearly made a mistake because the results aren't going their way. It doesn't mean that the results aren't going to go their way the rest of the year, but their current partnerships aren't working particularly well. And I just think in paddle, which is a sport, well, a sport in general, is so much about momentum. And I think when momentum is in your favor, you have to make the most of it. And they just made a final and had played some unbelievable paddle. And I just think it was too early to split. They should have stuck together for a few more tournaments. And at the end of the day, it wouldn't have harmed them to play a few more tournaments. And if it didn't work, if they weren't reaching their level, they could have split. And I'm sure they could have been able to play with Lamberti and Javi Rico because everyone knew about their potential. So I have to agree. I have to agree with you. I think it, it has been a mistake. Yeah, well, we'll see. Obviously, there's still a lot of the season left. Um, For and sure. hopefully we'll see them to to their their very best um, once again because they're such exciting players to to watch. So so exciting! I mean, I was going to get smash. It's just unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. I haven't I haven't seen many players that can hit a ball like that so quickly. Yeah. Um, but actually, yeah. Moving on to our next topic and something that we really wanted to discuss, didn't we, Gons? Was Paquito's recent interview. He, um, for those of you that haven't heard about it, he, well, it was a, it was a really interesting interview, Gons, as we, as we discussed, and he spoke about, well, his recent partnership with Deyo, why it didn't work out for them, how it's going with Chingoto, and a number of, a number of other things. And one thing we wanted to touch on, one of the things we wanted to touch on was he was speaking about the courts, which was, as you all know, what we discussed in our previous pod, and he said that he wanted he, one thing that he did want uh, was to well was for the tournament organisers to let them know what the court conditions are going to be like, be like before they play, and also for the season to have well kind of periods where they say in the first few months they've got they play on fast courts, then they play on middle kind of speed courts and for the last months to play on slow, slow courts. So basically to kind of have defined seasons like, well, like we have in tennis where you have the clay court season, grass court season, which is obviously very short, and hard court season. What did you think about these comments, Gons? Yeah, it makes complete sense. And uh, it was a great timing as well because uh, I believe last episode we we talked about the different surfaces and how it affects players Indeed. And, and, and stuff. And I completely agree. Also, I think from our perspective, it definitely makes pre- predicting the, the tournament uh, a lot harder <laughs> <laughs> if we don't know what type of court uh, is going to come up. But I think it make com- makes complete sense. And, and Paquito also said that this would, it's just a step closer into bringing, you know, making this sport more professional, which I completely agree with. Um, and I think that, it does make a lot of sense to have 
to have and to have like these different type of like windows where you're playing you're going through a whole season and it's like okay now i need to prepare for like you know the the faster paced see, uh, part of the season the slower paced um and i think it will be interesting to see how then the players adjust to that the type of preparations that they need to do so i think um it's 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 a very interesting point and i think um i would i would definitely love to see that i don't know what, yeah. what do you think i agree i agree I think if it's going to make the sport more professional in Paquito's eyes, and I assume it'll be the same, you know, a lot of other players will, will think the same, then I think they should implement that. I think having different, different seasons makes sense. It will help players prepare, well, more adequately and better for tournaments. And I think that's only going to be better for the viewers and for the sport because that means matches will be more entertaining because players will hopefully be better prepared and thus play will be better. So, so yeah, I, I definitely think so. And, um, and I agree with Paquito. And then the other thing that we wanted to mention, Gons, was Paquito's, well, obviously explained that it didn't work with, with Tello. He felt he didn't feel comfortable playing on the forehand side of the court, having, well, as we all know, he's been, what, traditionally been a backhand player. And he spoke, well, he mentioned and spoke a lot about the fact that he probably didn't value the, well, the kind of forehand players as, mu as much until he's had to play on that side. And I thought, uh, I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, me being per personally normally playing on the forehand, I think forehand players traditionally don't get much credit. I think it's the dirty work. Paquito compared it to the well, centre defensive mids in football. And I think it's very accurate, isn't it, Gons? Correct. Is that sort of player that goes unnoticed, but when you take them out of the game, then the team just completely capitulates. So I think uh, that analogy of that centre defensive midfielder is, is very accurate. And uh, yeah, definitely. I think one of the things he mentioned as well was how, you know, a, a right-sided player then enables the left-sided player to shine and to finish the points um, because they're doing so much work. They're setting up the point. They're playing with the timings. You know, they're, they're essentially whatever ball then gets fed to the left-sided player then the left-sided player can take an advantage of is basically all the work that's been done by, by the right-sided player. So I, I, I'm glad that he's now appreciating... Yeah how much, uh, you know, the right-sided player influences the, the game. And I'm sure as well he's enjoying his time with Chingoto because, you know, he's arguably the best right-sided player uh, yeah. that, you, that you can have. Um, Indeed, the, the most traditional. <laughs> Correct. Uh, he'll do all the work. He'll run around the whole court and he'll make uh, Paquito's life so much easier. But... Um, but yeah, it is very, very interesting. And I think we sort of touched this as well in this in this podcast. But it'll be interesting to see how, you know, young right-sided players um, develop and, and what they bring to the game. Because like I said, the, at least these these two ones, Inedo Alonso and Livaca, are, are also like very offensive. And um, as you mentioned as well, Dineno is definitely being way more offensive now that he has been in the past, even Chingoto as well, uh, I believe. 
So it'll be interesting to see how the game develops from that perspective and if they can obviously be more um, impactful. Um, yep, agreed. I'm I'm very glad like he does interviews come out because he's well he's he's let people know how valuable forehand players are and I think a lot of people well most people want to play on the backhand side of the court because they think it's the cool part and they well backhand players do normally get more of the ball and because they normally cover the center of the court um because obviously that's the forehand side if as, as we all know, if you're playing on the backhand side and the ball goes down the middle, then traditionally the backhand player goes for the ball. So, yeah, very glad to see it. But, um, well, I think it could be time to move on to the paddleboard race, isn't it, Gons? <laughs> yeah, correct. Uh, and as we usually move into the segment, uh, I'll give you an update of how the scores are. Actually, didn't move much um, because we <laughs> both we both had the same semifinals. Uh, or semi-finalists, and we are, we each got a point for Pinto and Diestro making yep. the semi-final, and also for Arroyo and uh, Capra making the semi-final. Um, but other than that, we neither of us got the the finalists, uh, the scores, or or the winners. So that's you know two points each. So that means that you're still ahead by by one point. Hugo's leading the, the paddle pod race six points to five, but we've got a very <laughs> exciting one coming up with, you know, what fingers crossed means the actual return of, of Lebron and Galan. So I fingers guess, let's, yeah, let's get straight into it. Give me your predictions. Wow. Wow. That's quick. That's cold. <laughs> no, um, very excited for next week's tournament in Biro. And yeah, well, I'll jump straight into it. So I think, I'm going to be a bit boring. I have thought about it a lot, but I think the semi-finals will be the top four seeds. So I think Lebron Galan will play Momo Gonzalez and Sanyo Gutierrez. And I think Tapian Coelho will play Dineno and Stupa in the other semi-final. In terms of the results, I think Tapian Coelho will beat Estupa and Dineno two sets to love. I think it will be a comfortable... Not comfortable, but convincing win. And I think Leveron and Galan will just edge Sanyo and Momo two sets to one. And so the big final, which could decide the number one position in the world, which I'm very excited about. And I think it would be great for the paddle if we had a change. I think the final will be won by Tabian Coelho, two sets to one against Leveron and Galan. And that would mean they would become the number one pair in the world. So... Fingers crossed. I, as you all know, I, I love Tabian Coelho. Tabian's my favorite player, and I really hope they do it. Guns, what are your shouts? So for me, I'm going to go with, on the bottom half, same as you, I think. Yeah, there's no doubt in, you know, Tabian Coelho and, and Dinan and Stupa, both, both being the best pairs in this year so far. So, you know, going to go a bit boring there as well. And then on the top half, I'm going to go actually with, Lebron and Galan as well, but mm -hmm. I'm going to bet on Paquito and Chingoto, which I think they had a great tournament last mm -hmm. one. And I think now they've, they're have they at a point where, you know, hopefully they've they've worked more and, you know, now they're getting to understand each other a bit a bit better. But yes, I, I was also very close in, in, picking, in picking Momo and, and Sanyo as well. 
in terms of the scores, I think Tapian Coelho will also go through. And I think it will be in two sets. And then I think this one actually I'm uh, is very controversial. And, you know, I, I right until the last moment, I wasn't sure what I was going to go. <laughs> but I'm actually going to go with Paquito and Chingoto. Wow. Yeah, in three. Because I just... The problem is Lebron and Galan, you know, they've been out for so long um, that it just doesn't give me that level of confidence yet. Um, but anyways, we'll see what happens. But then I think the, the final is just going to go Tapia and, and Coelho as well winning two. Wow. So they would win the semifinals and the finals in two sets. So we both think that we're going to have a new number one pair in the world in about Eight days' time, seven days' time. Very Correct. exciting. Very exciting. I mean, I think it's just very well-deserved. Um, they've clearly been the best pair. I mean, there's no denying they haven't lost a single game. Um, and they, they definitely deserve it. They've, they've just been absolutely unbelievable. Um, a real reflection of what paddles become today. They try to make the points as short as quick and quick as possible. S serve, volley, smash. That's, that's all they really care about. That's all they really try to do. It's incredibly exciting to watch. But they're, again, they're also incredibly good um, defensively. They really look for the blocks. They run up to the net every time they can and try to block it to win the net. It's very exciting paddle. And yeah, who knows? I mean, I would love to see them in the number one spot. Correct. And let's see how they handle that pressure because... Galan and Lebron have been there for quite a while and they've they've handled that pressure, you know, incredibly well. Every time someone came, you know, knock on that throne, uh, they they had to go back because they yeah, and Galan didn't allow it. So we'll see how they handle being being the, the number one ranked pair. But in any case, you know, if they if, make it, if they make if, it. If they make it, and in any case, I'm just so excited for, for this tournament, which I think will be will be so good. Indeed, there's so many pairs that really reaching kind of the, uh, their peak in terms of performance. I think Deyo and Ruiz will be really looking to, well, bounce back from their loss against Momo and Sanyo. Well, we'll see what the recent winners of Alicante do as well in Juanlu, Esbri and Deo Alonso, plus all of the other pairs that uh, we've been discussing. So, yeah, I think... That's about it for today, isn't it, Gons? Correct. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Obviously, as well, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you'll see that in the Spotify description. There's uh, our usernames there, so you can follow us. And yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed uh, the third episode of the Paddle Pod. And uh, I guess we just got to say goodbye now, Hugo. Indeed. Have a great week, guys. And just remember... Paddle is life. Correct. See you all.